0: Welcome back, everybody, to episode 17 of Unfiltered Goals. It's Cole and Gouda coming at you.
1: Hey, hey.
0: Hope everybody is having a wonderful start to their week. We just are coming off of the long Memorial Day weekend, and we are still recovering from snake pit.
1: Yeah, I think we definitely need to uh, give our listeners an update on our weekend.
0: I'm still drunk.
1: <laughs> You're such a liar. <laughs> okay, so for those of you that don't know, Memorial Day weekend here in Indianapolis is always the weekend of the Indy 500. So it's like a full weekend of events at the track and just like pure, fun, chaotic nonsense. So Josh went out to the track on Saturday hang mm-hmm. out to hang out with the guys for a little bit. How was that?
0: Oh, it was a blast! It's just honestly, so the race—if anybody has ever experienced it—what's a spectacle? Because not only is it all the things that Cole just mentioned, like the, the the events going on, but really, what's some of the most fun is people watching. For sure, because you get people from all across. The United States that that come to the race. There's over on, on race day specifically. Yeah. There's over 300,000 people that are there. Whether that's inside the track or they're out at the campgrounds, it's it's always a blast. But so the what is it? Legends Day is the one on Legends Saturday. Day, yeah. yeah. So we didn't do anything inside of the track, but one of my buddies has a camper that he he takes out there to the the Coca-Cola lot. The Coke lot, as it's known as. Also known as the party lot. But he really wasn't parked in a section that was like people partying. It was actually chill where we were, which was really nice.
1: I feel like to put into perspective, people, because even for me, I grew up in Indiana, but I had never been to, and even the first several years I lived in Indy, I did not partake in the race festivities. Mm And it's just one of those things that like, you can try to describe it all you want to to people, but until you experience it yourself, nothing is ever going to do it justice because it is, I just crowds hundreds of thousands of people, obviously lots of excitement. The race itself can be quite boring at the beginning and really the middle. And then you get to the last 10 laps and it's this year was just wild because there were a bunch of crashes and things like that, but it's just... Compare it to like the craziest tailgate you've ever been to it, on crack.
0: It honestly <laughs> is. Yeah. That's the best way to describe it is it's a giant tail, tailgate on crack. And there's, you have everybody from, you have old couples that have been coming for the last 60 years. And then you have families and then you have Kyle who is drunk at 7am and everybody's just having a good time together. Yeah.
1: So Snake Pit is, there's a concert every day of the weekend. Snake Pit is the concert that happens the morning of the race. So it's Sunday morning. It starts right when the sun comes up and people are all out there already. And so each day has a theme. So Friday's theme is usually rock vibes. They usually have an old school like rock band. And then Saturday is usually a country artist. And then Sunday is an EDM like whole DJ set and there's a bunch of DJs. So this year we were really excited to see the one and only DJ Diesel who is Shaquille O'Neal, but because of the NBA playoffs, he had to cancel last minute which kind of sucked, but it was it was a really good lineup and it was just so it's I don't even know how many DJs they had, probably 6 or 7 and it they does. each have yeah. I don't know how long their set is and you've got this giant pit that you can go. It's just like a It's like a crazy music festival all pushed in between this yeah. racetrack.
0: <laughs> Condensed until eight hours. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we like to chill out on the hill so we can see the track, but also enjoy the music and everything. And nobody's got time to be sweat on and puked on by 21-year-olds. So we don't typically go down into the pit. We did a little bit last year, but it's just it's a great day with your friends and with any any race fan near you and it's just a it's just a good time and it's one of those things now living in Indianapolis it's this is really the only thing that happens in our city where like everybody is essentially doing like the same thing on the weekend
0: yeah everybody's on the same page yeah yeah
1: and it's like everything else in the city stops for race weekend everybody does the race festivities and then Memorial Day comes around everyone recovers and then Yeah, it's just, it's cool to have one of those kinds of events where that it's a big just unified group all coming together to have a good time and yeah, so it was really fun and thank God it always happens on Memorial Day weekend so we have an extra day to recover. Right,
0: yeah. It is wild. It's one of the single largest sporting, live sporting events in the world and it happens in our little no-name big city, Indianapolis. I
1: just learned this fun fact this earlier this week, which I thought was just absolutely wild. So I am as Indianapolis motor speedway can fit all 14 of the big 10 stadiums inside of it. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. So imagine that you have all those stadiums that can fit inside the track and then you have thousands upon thousands of people outside of the track at the, the various campsites and lots that are open to the public.
1: Yeah, even if you're not, trust me, I've never been a race fan. I would never consider myself a race fan, and I don't really pay attention to the race. I pay attention to the beginning, and I pay attention to the end, and that's pretty (laughs) much it, but even for those of you that are like, I would never want to just sit there and watch cars go around in a circle, the whole event itself, the whole weekend is just, it's a lot of fun, so I would highly recommend if you've never experienced any part of the Indy 500, maybe that put that on your list for something to do someday. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's move into our topic. What are we talking about?
0: I think we're talking about stress.
1: <laughs> we are talking about stress.
0: <laughs> I sounded so sad, but it's been a topic on our relationship as of, as of late. Yeah. We thought it was a good time to bring it up because I've been dealing with a lot. She's been dealing with a lot. We have the wedding coming up. There's just a lot of stress that's been on our mind and we've been, even today, working on that as a couple and how we better tackle it as a couple as individuals yeah. so we thought it would be an important one to, to talk through
1: yeah real talk here i think we are honestly like continuing to work through josh and i handle our stress in very different ways and the fact that we handle everything so differently I think has caused some problems throughout our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we like continue to talk about it and the dialogue is always going to be open, but we're, this is the first time that we're like going through something right now in the moment. And we figured my, why not just talk about it in this kind of a setting? Yeah. To be very transparent with you guys, the weekend has been great, but there's been some challenges that have been brought up as well. And it's not just this weekend. These are things that we've been working on for a while, but yeah, we just figured we're talking about it, we might as well put the microphones in front of our and faces and talk about it in front of you guys.
0: Welcome to Couples Therapy with Cole and Gudo.
1: <laughs> So let's start by explaining how each of us handles our stress. I can go first. Okay. So for those of you that know me, I would say that I am a, I'm a highly emotional person. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I wear emotions on my sleeve or like I'm super emotional all the time. I think it just means that like I'm very in tune with my own emotions and with other people's emotions and I just, I feel a lot, whether it's from what's going on with me, but being an empath, I can feel other people's emotions as well. And yes, I... There are times where like my emotions become so overwhelming. I There's no part of me that can hide that. And so it results in lots of different ways. It can result in tears. It can result in being very angry. It can result in being anxious. But I'm typically a much more emotional person than Josh is. So when I'm stressed, people are going to know about it. I'm going to be very short-tempered. I'm going to be much feistier than I normally am. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't hide my stress, but I think that's okay. And as you'll hear through this conversation, all Josh does is hide his stress or try to hide his stress. So it's, it has presented some challenges in our relationship because we both handle the stress just very differently. So I am, I can be explosive with my words. I can dig at you a little bit. I can, I think the best way to describe me is I just get, I, I get much more short tempered and a lot Mm -hmm. things that wouldn't normally bother me when I'm stressed, everything bothers me and I, yeah, can get very snippy. There you go.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How do you handle stress, babe?
0: I handle stress by suppressing it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth
0: (laughs) growing up and in my career, I just, I have always found it, it's not It's not like it's any individual's fault. Like, I'm not going to blame my parents for that. I think this is just like how I've operated. I am a perfectionist. Like, that's very apparent. I, I am super hard on myself.
1: You like to control.
0: Yes, I'll, I love to control. And so what that means, I think, for my stress is I would much rather push down any feeling, including stress... Because I know it will affect my productivity and it will affect the the results of what I am trying to do. So, like, in the moment, I know that the stress and recognizing it and trying to deal with it, that's not going to help me do what I need to do. If anything, I try to use the stress as, like, an, as like more fuel for what I am doing. And what that results in is basically... I can become a ticking time bomb Mm -hmm. and that's, I'm not like an aggressive person. I'm not,
1: no, that would be me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not like, not
1: physically, everyone calm down. Yeah. Uh,
0: Not like, I'm not violent. Like I like you sure. Like I've, I've hit a wall before, like a literal wall. Who hasn't? Yeah. But for the most part, I'm, when I say I'm explosive, I basically like all those emotions that I've been suppressing that just come up. And sometimes, especially weirdly enough, well, that's not weirdly enough. After my mom passed, like those emotions, like sometimes it'll be crying and I just ball my eyes out. And I don't, I'm very selective with, with who I do that. I, I'll cry with my close friends or I'll cry, cry with you or I'll do it by myself. But then when it comes to, to, to the stress, typically what it is. I've not talked about it, and so it comes out in the form of me not being, like, the the, the perfect partner and me being short-tempered with, with you or it, I'm basically just, like, inaccessible at certain times is maybe the right way to say it.
1: Yeah, so I think that, like, before we move forward with, like, examples and things like that, I think it's important to clarify that neither one of us necessarily handles stress in, I don't feel like there's a right, wrong way to handle stress. I think that everybody probably handles it in an unhealthy way to some extent. And so like, by no means am I saying the way that I handle it is healthier than the way that Josh handles Mm -hmm.
0: it. Yeah. You got to do what's right for you. Yeah.
1: But it is, we just, it's like night and day difference in the way that we handle things. So the way that my brain works when I'm feeling stressed out My thought process is, okay, I need to deal with these feelings and these emotions now so that I can move forward. And Josh is the complete opposite. He's, Mm -hmm. I can't get what I need to get done, done if I'm feeling like this. So I'm just going to pretend like I'm not and move forward. So I think like the difference in how our stress plays out is that I... Like I said, you, I do not hide my stress. So like everyone knows if I'm stressed out, trust me, you'll know real quick. But I think in the end, it then like it's handled, it's done and it's over with Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And with Josh, it could be, it could be days of him holding in this stress. It could even be a week of him holding in this stress. And then it's almost just like he gets triggered by something. And yeah, the, like all emotions... I won't be on my social work soapbox too long. Like all emotions, stress is one of them. They will 100% come out at some point in time,
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: why people that are emotionally unavailable have lots of typically like behavioral issues because I listened closely here, people, Emotions will always surface. No matter how much you try to push them back or any of these things, they will come out tomorrow. They will come out in a year from now. They will come out in 10 years. The emotions will come out.
0: But would you say though, too, that the emotion comes out in like, it, in like different forms for different people? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And
1: so I think that you, it's never, for example, for you, it's never, okay, I'm going to push this stress back. And then Saturday when I'm doing this, I'm going to deal with my emotions. Like you're Mm -hmm. never aware of it happening. It just happens. So you, something happens, you get triggered by something, and then the stress that you have been pushing down comes out. Mm -hmm. And yes, I would say that it does not come out in the healthiest of ways at times.
0: Mm -hmm. And well, it just, what I was trying to get at is it manifests itself differently for, it doesn't, stress doesn't automatically translate to crying for someone oh, it, for sure. it could be violence for someone oh, it could yeah, be you absolutely. Know, it could be anything yeah so do we want to talk about specific examples and then we can talk about what we've done to work through it as a couple yeah we can okay do you want to start
1: <laughs> you am I giving examples of mine or yours
0: you can get yeah let's do it that way what you give an example of mine I was gonna say I'll, I feel I'll give like an you and I
1: actually would do better at explaining each other's versus ourselves
0: yeah that's a good idea let's do it
1: okay so josh tends to suppress his emotions suppress his stress and then his trigger is typically alcohol would you disagree i would not <laughs> but it's it makes sense though right because alcohol lowers your inhibitions it mm. lowers the cognitive functioning to be like oh i'm in a public place maybe i shouldn't do this or I'm whatever, maybe I, that's literally what alcohol does. So typically I will know that the hard part for me as someone who wants to help and wants to support is Josh could be pretty much okay all week long. And me, I could ask him, is everything okay? Can I help in any way? And because he's suppressing those emotions, he's like, no, I'm good, no, I'm good. And because he's not showing anything, like he he can fool a lot of people into like actually believing that he's OK and he's not actually stressed out. But then when those inhibitions are lowered, he becomes a different person and not in a weird, scary way. Like we're not going to unleash some nonsense like that on you guys. It, but he just he enjoys feeling relaxed. And that's what alcohol does to him is it relaxes him. And it just causes him to enjoy the relaxing feeling so much that he may not make the best decisions. So like instead of stopping himself because he's drinking too much, he might keep drinking or he might set his phone down and then forget to go get his phone Meanwhile, like I've the, the phone
0: stolen from me in Cincinnati. I just want to clarify.
1: Okay. That's what I'm talking about. I'm <laughs> talking about you don't think, oh, we're moving locations. I'm with the guys. We're moving locations. Right. Maybe I should let Nicole know like yeah. little things like that. And for me as his partner, it can be really stressful sometimes because it feels when all I'm trying to do is help. And all I'm trying to do is help him make better decisions when he's in this kind of headspace. I don't like there sometimes Josh drinks and he's like the happiest, most fun person in the world. And he just wants to have a good time. That's
0: when I've been dealing with my stress.
1: Exactly. But then, but the the problem is that when you don't tell me that you're stressed and you're because you've been pushing it down all week and I have no idea it's, I can't prepare myself for that other version of you Mm. because I'm not in the know then it seems like there's something bigger going on than you just being stressed out and being Mm. able to relax a little bit. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And
1: sometimes it can feel really personal. Like you're doing things just to piss me off. Yeah,
0: you. Yeah, that's one thing that's come up constantly is you think it's like in spite of you, yeah. I'm trying to do these things. And that's never the case. It's me chasing that feeling of relaxation. Yeah. Like that's what it comes down to for sure.
1: So as his partner, it can be challenging at times. And let me put this disclaimer out there. This doesn't happen very often. Like I'm not, this is not me saying Josh has a drinking problem or he uses <laughs> alcohol as a coping mechanism or anything like that. I
0: had to put a lot of disc- on this, I promise I'm not an alcoholic. We've tested this theory. Yes, we have. I've, I'm able to stop drinking <laughs> in, is, instantly.
1: This is just, the, there was a version of this that happened this weekend when he went out to the Coke lot with his guy friends. And I had no clue that he had this like crazy stressful week. So when I thought he was gonna be gone for a few hours, it, it turned into an all day thing. And so as his partner, we've worked through the idea of i trust you i know you've got a good head on your shoulder shoulders i know that like you are responsible the only piece of all of this is like where we could improve as a couple when it comes to your stress is communication hmm. there's so many times where during the week if you would have just been like I'm really fucking stressed out and I feel like I'm going to rip my hair out. Then like, we could have done things. We could have taken the boys for a walk. We could have gone to rumble. We could have, you know what I mean? Like we could have done something in the moment that would relieve some of that stress so that it wasn't just piling on, piling on. And then this weekend shows up, you get a little bit of alcohol in you and you're like, oh fuck, this is the first time I felt relaxed all week. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, and we've talked about it. And so we're just saying in front, like in front of you guys now as our listeners, like all I ask for Josh in those moments is like better communication. Shoot me a text, give me a call and be like, Hey babe, I really am like having a good time and I want to stay out with the boys. Like it's going to be a few more hours. You know what I mean? Instead of, I had a great day on Saturday. I was here by myself with the boys watching movies. Like it was great. But then like when I expected you to be home and then you weren't home and then I couldn't get a hold of you, like my helper brain started to freak out a little bit. And Mm. I didn't freak out that much because I have your location. I know all of your friends that you were with. It was a fine situation, but that's just like me caring about you and me wanting to make sure you're okay. I think too, before we move on further into the episode, my other disclaimer is like, we talked about when we started this podcast about talking about topics in an unfiltered way, and I think that is exactly what we're doing here, and so I don't want anyone to think that we're being hard on each other or this is this is stuff that, like, I don't think either one of us are necessarily proud of these things, but we're being honest with you guys because this is the importance of this podcast and, like, the ability to talk about things that... Probably don't, may not make you look like the best version of yourself.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. That's exactly why we started the podcast so to have hard conversations like this. The, every, everybody has issues, everybody has problems that they deal with. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes they present themselves in an unfortunate light, but that's, that's what partners do. They, they talk through it and they work through it and we're better because of it.
1: As my mom pointed out to me this weekend, there are some people in our lives that try to bottle everything in and make themselves look like they've got this amazing like life and just are fake about everything and because they don't talk about anything. And my mom and I were talking about it today, and I said, then you have me, someone who is willing to talk about pretty much anything, and I'll do it on a microphone and talk to other people about it. Is it the best, healthiest thing to do? I don't know. But The way I look at it is there's always going to be someone that's going through something very similar and just hearing the fact that these are things, real things that you and I deal with every single day, I don't know, might encourage someone to talk to their partner or talk to their friend or open up about how, rethink how they handle stress. And so if it leads to a little bit of judgment or embarrassment from from other people towards us, like in the end of the day, I feel like it's worth it because hopefully we're able to start a conversation. 100%.
0: 100%. Yeah, I'm not worried about being embarrassed. I It takes a lot for me to be embarrassed.
1: I know. They're also very different in that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's another episode. <laughs> uh,
1: all right, let's move on to me.
0: On to my dearest, dearest Cole. How you deal with stress is you get in your feelings. Crying is probably the number one thing when you're starting to feel overwhelmed. You get very quiet and you pretend it's it's not like a me pretend where it's everything's okay it's a close off and I don't want to talk about it type of
1: I have to interrupt you for a second because Boone just sprinted by the table carrying one of my shoes
0: we call him the shoe thief just as a side note there.
1: there okay please continue
0: you definitely close yourself off but it's not to the point where like me it's you're closed off you say I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed and then here's where it gets difficult is anytime So I'm the problem solver. It's what I do. I'm trying to either give you the positives or I'm trying to propose a solution. And then basically that is like fuel for your fire. Yeah. And I've learned my lessons when it comes to you and, and being stressed and overwhelmed with emotion. That is not the correct thing to do. But you're also the love of my life. And it pains me to see you upset. About something, so naturally, like this, is where my heart goes. Is I want to help and I want to make things better, but it's different for you. You handle stress by kind of just needing to be alone with yourself, and that poses challenges for me because I'm again, I want to problem solve. I want to be there for you. I want to help in any way I can, and then sometimes just the best medicine for you is to simply be closed off and just not talk to anybody, let you process your feelings and then you'll you're willing to go and talk through it. Now here's where the problem starts is when you can't go and close yourself off. You're at an event, you're out at a bar, you are out at a restaurant, whatever, and you can't do that and you have to put on the face. That's when it becomes really challenging because you want to face those emotions and the stress and everything right away whether that's through just sitting, watching some TV, crying a bit, and you can't do that. It's tough. And so that's when I feel like the most short-tempered coal comes out is you can't go process, you can't deal with those emotions. And so the any sort of small thing, like me saying, calm down, babe, it's going to be okay, <laughs> turns into fuel for your fire.
1: That's when I start seeing red. <laughs>
0: yep a hundred percent and while I know it's you, I know how much you love me, and I know that it still doesn't help when I'm using like your trigger words for being more angry, yeah and it's just it's such a like a natural thing, like we're in a public space, and I'm like, babe, babe, just let's calm down it's so easy to to say that, yeah, and it's definitely not the right thing yeah to say, so that's when it's most difficult is when I would say you become So you can't deal with it. You can't process it. You become unreasonable.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I know I do. I as you were explaining that the way I was thinking about it is like when stress comes on, like it's it's a wave coming at us. Josh gets on a surfboard and he rides that wave and just stays on top of it pretty much the whole time. And then later on, he crashes and that's when he has to deal with it for me. The wave is coming at me and I would rather stand right then and there and let the wave absolutely drown me. And then I'll, after I fall, I'll get right back up and everything will be better. Is that's, I feel like that's the the image that came into my head of the Mm -hmm. difference in how we handle our stress or really just emotions in general is like, Josh is like, I'm going to do what I need to do to survive now, but it may hurt me later. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Drown me, motherfucker, until I can't drown anymore, (laughs) and then I'll be fine. Yeah, it's crazy because they're so polar opposite. And I think it's crazy, too, because you were talking about, I know for a fact, when you're telling me to calm down or you're trying to calm me down and it's just pissing me off more, you are never doing that with ill intents. Just like when I'm telling you, hey, maybe it's time for you to go to bed or maybe it's time for you to come home and we can talk about it or whatever. It's never ill intent. And but because of like where our head is and the state of mind that we are in. And again, I'm not going to go into too much of the brain and all that stuff, but that's when it's our emotional brain that's functioning the Mm -hmm. highest and not our logical brain. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when you're like, oh, babe, calm down. That's like when my fight or flight comes out and my are you kidding me? There, who am I kidding? There's no fight or flight. It's always fight. And so I'm going to become combative and short tempered and all of these things. And but that's because my stress is like overcoming my brain. And so my logical part of my brain is being like drowned by my emotional brain. Mm -hmm. And the same thing for you. I'm like, hey, babe, maybe have some water or maybe do this. And you take it as I it's the same thing. It's both of us are being unreasonable in those moments because it's our emotional brain that's taking over, not our logical brain anymore. And it's it's very irrational on both ends. And that's why talking about things, trying to communicate, over communicating all the things like that's just going to help us so that each time we can get better and improve more and more. But I think that we are miles ahead of other people because we do talk about these things so openly.
0: I, I totally agree. I think you said it there over communication, like there's no amount of that over communication just isn't a thing unless like you're breathing down each other's necks every second of the day because you're talking to one another i don't think there's too much communication that can happen yeah we're saying it from the perspective again from the very coupley perspective yeah we are each other's teammates right we're we're there for each other we're trying to figure out our best strategy for helping one another but for the individual and the stress that's manifesting for them what is it honestly communicating with a friend? Is it talking to your therapist? Is it what does it look like?
1: And I think it's important too, maybe not this in depth, but like it's important for people just to know how the important people in their lives handle stress. You Mm. know, like my friends know that if I seem a bit short tempered or I seem a bit smart or any of that kind of stuff, then there's something bigger going on. And Mm. I could I could do countless people that like I know enough of their behaviors and enough of like their triggers to know if something is something bigger is going on. And so, yeah, we're talking about it much more in depth because we are spending the rest of our lives together. And that's a very long time. And this is this is something that like we are obviously going to have to deal with for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And but I think, too, even just as this is a helpful episode, hopefully for just individuals as well, like. It's smart for you to know for yourself how you handle stress and other emotions so that when the time comes, if you have a partner, like you are able to communicate with them. But it's also important to know in case, yeah, you need to reach out to a friend or if you need to learn to be by yourself or you need to stop making destructive decisions. And I think that like this kind of stuff is just another it's another topic that can be really difficult to talk about because it requires vulnerability. Yeah. And that's just not an easy thing to do.
0: There's so much power in self reflection, but also recognizing is one thing, but you have to be vulnerable yeah. to, to even go through any sort of healing process or fixing.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, so we're not perfect, but I think we both, as individuals and as a couple, strive to be better every single day and try to make our relationship better and try to become better human beings. And Hopefully this topic was helpful for some people. I honestly think it was helpful for us. We were able to have like our little mini couples therapy session here at our kitchen table. And
0: it costs zero dollars.
1: So we are about two weeks away from Josh leaving for his bachelor party.
0: Going to Vegas.
1: And then two weeks after that is the wedding. So we will...
0: Man, it's crazy how time flies like that.
1: Wow. I know. So we will continue giving you guys we think it's really fun to give you guys like small little updates as to what's going on in our lives before we jump into the topic. So look forward to some fun stories, I'm sure, coming at you. And yeah, we will talk to you guys next week.
0: Wow. You did the outro this time.
1: What's an outro?
0: It's like the end. So that's not a real word. In yeah, outro, yes. I don't know. I promise. <laughs> Bonus content. Thanks, y'all, for listening. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Bye.